if you would like, um, as usual, it, you'll have the best view from the front, especially as I use this laser pointer. I don't know if you can see it very well from the back, but if you'd like, now is a good opportunity to, to scoot to the front. Could we also turn off these side lights? Uh, I would appreciate that. Thanks, Chris. Well, this morning uh, and next Sunday, I want to introduce to you uh, what something I've mentioned various times in other Sunday schools and occasionally in sermons, and that is a graveyard, a cemetery in London called Bunhill Fields. And Bunhill Fields is sometimes called God's Acre. However, I found out that God's Acre is actually a generic term for any church burial ground, but I've only ever seen that phrase applied to Bunhill Fields, and so it's, it's a nice little name, a nice title for Bunhill Fields. God's Acre, it comes from a German word, Gottsacher, a church burial ground, God's plot of land where his people are buried. And this, this will be an introduction. It's about the history of the burial ground itself. Next Lord's Day, the plan is to introduce you to some of the people buried there, Tales from the Tombs. And we could just do infinite Tales from the Tombs, really. I'd love to do that. Um, But just this Sunday and next Sunday, and next Sunday will be our final Sunday school of this semester until we resume in September. So today is a historical introduction to the burial ground known as Bunhill Fields. Let's go to the next slide. The name Bunhill Fields is really not the best name for this burial ground. Uh, It is better known as Tyndall's Burial Ground in or near Bunhill Fields, because Bunhill Fields was a larger plot of land that we'll talk about in just a moment. So why is it that many of our particular Baptist or Presbyterian or independent forefathers in the faith and their families, why is it that they were buried in Bunhill Fields? Why so many people collected in one place? Well, the reason goes back many years to about the year 1662 and the Act of Uniformity. And this is when uh, the government passed an act that required that for all religious services in England or in the, the kingdom, the Book of Common Prayer must be used. So if you want to get married in the Church of England, you have to agree that they will use their Book of Common Prayer. If you want to be buried in a Church of England graveyard, they're going to use the Book of Common Prayer. So if you wanted to be buried, but you did not want the Book of Common Prayer to be used in your burial service, you would need to be buried in a non-Church of England burial ground. And so therefore, Bunhill Fields is one of those non-conformist or dissenters' burial grounds. Henry Tyndall inherited from his father um, the lease of a part of a a farm, Finsbury Farm, and in this farm was a place of land called Bunhill Fields, and within Bunhill Fields, a plot of that land was used by Henry Tyndall to sell burial plots 
in a ground that was unconsecrated by the Church of England and wasn't used by the Church of England, which means you could be buried there without the use of the Book of Common Prayer. And from 1662 or the 1660s onward, that's when you see the nonconformists or the dissenters, those who did not conform to the Church of England, those who dissented from the Church of England, from the mid-1660s onward, they begin to bury their dead there, at least the ones who lived in London. And from that point onward, so many were buried in Bunhill Fields that it's, it's sometimes known as the, the Campo Santo, the holy field of dissenters, because so many are there. You'll find Presbyterians there, Congregationalists and Baptists, and even, uh, even a Qua- at least one Quaker and some Unitarians, but oh well. It's not up to me <laughs> who gets buried there. It's mostly Presbyterians, Congregationalists, and Baptists. So Henry Tyndall leases a part of ground. He, he sells burial plots in a part of ground of the Finsbury Farm and its fields, and this becomes known eventually as Bunhill Fields. Next slide, please. Uh, going back in time to about the 1560s, this is part of a map of the northern section of London, so south of what you see in the image. Let me point to it. It's pretty hard to see, I guess. It's not a great image, but here are the the northern walls of London. You have Bishop's Gate and Moorgate. This is a, a church, All Hallows, on the wall. It's a church on London Wall. And outside of London, south of it is the, the city proper. Further south would be the River Thames. Okay, So the River Thames, the city of London, the walls of London. And as you can see, outside of the walls, it's mostly fields. And if you had a better resolution image, this says Finsbury Fields. Remember I mentioned Finsbury Farm. And this corner, this triangular section of land is, was known as Bunhill Fields. So Bunhill Fields is part of the larger Finsbury Manor, Finsbury Estate. If you look at a map of London now on Google Maps, this area of London, which is all buildings now, will say Finsbury because Finsbury Manor and Finsbury Fields were here. And Bunhill Fields was a part of that. But notice the date, 1561 just fields outside of London. And what we're going to do is follow a progression of maps uh, from this time really to the modern period to see the development of Bunhill Fields and along with the city. So let's go to the next slide. We're skipping ahead about 100 years to 1658. And to keep our bearings, the, the London wall is here. So the image is zoomed in from the last one. London walls here, London proper would be south, the Thames would be further south, and these are the fields outside of London, but you can see that houses are already starting to be built along the major roads leading out and into London, and this is Moorgate again, Bishop's Gate, all, all hallows on the wall. The fields are still fields, there's some windmills here. This says Bunhill. Notice it's just an empty field. Bunhill is one of the fields in Finsbury Manor, uh, and it was said that plague victims, as well as the deposited bones from other churches that were being removed in the city of London and moved out of London, were deposited in Bonehill, and that they deposited so many bones there that it, it became a mound of sorts, a mound that was tall enough for windmills to be built on top of it. So the origin of the name Bunhill is most likely Bonehill from moved bones that came out of Church of England burial grounds and were moved out there. That's 
well before what we are talking about. That's before it was a dissenter's burial ground. That's why the name Bunhill or Bonehill was already there, and it was known as Bonehill or Bunhill Fields. So 1658, uh, it's just a field which in times past had been used for the redepositing of bones from other places. Next slide, please. 1676, again, it's clearer on my image than it is through this projector. We're zooming in even further. So below, south of here would be um, southern Moorfields and London Wall. Further south would be London proper and the Thames. We're zoomed in. Notice over here, it says Bunhill Fields. And then over here, we have the, the new artillery garden and a churchyard. It's this churchyard, this rectangular piece of ground that I want you to really pay attention to because that's what becomes known as Bunhill Fields. But notice that right now, this is called Bunhill Fields because Bunhill Fields was a larger area and the burial ground that we're going to see developing was just a part of it and so it's better known and was more commonly known as Tyndall's Burial Ground in Bunhill Fields. And so this is the beginning of Bunhill Fields around 1676. The entrance, well, there was an arched entrance on the west side, so you would enter. It was, had a brick wall around it with an entrance on this side. You would come in, and the oldest burials are going to be further into the burial ground in this area. Uh, but this is now zoomed in way from, we started out with a, a view of London, London Wall, the fields outside of London. We saw those developing now we see um, a churchyard or a burial ground has been established in this area next to Bunhill Fields, although it's really in Bunhill Fields, and this is Tyndall's burial ground. 1676, it's already in use by this time uh, by dissenters. Next. So in this image, it's just to illustrate to you what I've been talking about um, the Petty France Church, which you've heard from me many times talking about that, where Nehemiah Cox and William Collins were pastors after Edward Harrison, the church uh, to which we, to a great degree, owe the composition or the editing and publishing of our Confession of Faith. One of their pastors, William Collins, his first wife and one of his daughters are buried in Bunhill Fields. And so if you look at the, the parish register, the, the register book for the parish where they lived, which was St. Giles Cripplegate, you'll find uh, Grezold, the daughter of William Collins, gentleman, died of convulsion, and she's buried in Tyndall's. So Grezold Collins, daughter of William Collins, is buried in Tyndall's. You'd say, well, what's Tyndall's? That's Bunhill Fields. And this is in 1682. They're already burying their dead there, even earlier than that. I'm just giving you an, an example. And then just a few days later, this is 10th of April, the 23rd of April, the same month, Elizabeth, wife of William Collins, gentleman, died of consumption, buried in Tyndall's. So in the same month, William Collins buried his wife and one of his daughters in Tyndall's burial ground, that is in Bunhill Fields. Next slide, please. Moving on to 1720, so that's about 40, a little over 40 years since the previous uh, image, and London is very much more uh, growing out of its walls. It's grown well past its walls by this point, much more developed. But notice here again, we have that artillery ground 
I mentioned in the... Can we go back two images? Thank you. See this artillery ground and then a little churchyard and Bunhill Fields over here. Let's go forward two images. Great. So we have the artillery ground. We have a burying ground just north of it, a rectangular burial ground. And above that is Bunhill Fields. So the name Bunhill Fields gets moved around in a larger area, but Tyndall's burial ground is in the same place. And the, the keeper's house was in this bottom corner. This part of the burial ground has always been empty uh, because the keeper's house was there. So again, you'd enter on this side, and you just have a rectangular section uh, where dissenters are being buried. And Bunhill Fields is the name of, for the larger area, but Tyndall's, as Bunhill Fields becomes smaller and smaller by the expansion of the city, more and more it becomes the name of the burial ground. Next, <clears throat> excuse me. So now we're looking at Bunhill Fields with the upper ground, uh, and this is around 1746. This is where we begin to see the final shape of the burial ground that is still there today. So we have the artillery ground, again. That, that's a place where they would shoot cannons and in older times shoot arrows. They're practicing artillery. They're practicing any shooting that they want to. They have a big ground where they can fire mortars and cannons and rifles and muskets. Uh, notice that just north of it is Tyndall's burial ground, but notice that a, a smaller, more square-shaped section has been added to the top. So there's what you would call the original Tyndall's burial ground, and then the upper section, the new upper section of Bunhill Fields is added to the burial ground, but at this point, uh, it will, it will expand a little bit further in the future. But to this day, this is the same basic shape of Bunhill Field. You have one large rectangular section, and then you have a smaller square section sitting on top of it, all of which is being used to bury our uh, Baptist, Presbyterian, and Congregationalist forefathers. Next slide, please. Yes. I believe it's three and a half acres total. Um, so it's not very large, but it, it's pretty big. When, you, when you're there, it feels quite large, but compared to many other burial grounds, it would seem very small. Um, so it's, it's not, you know, you could, you could walk this street in 30 seconds. Uh, it, that street's still there. You could, walk, you could walk this in, you know, 30 seconds. It's not it's not large. In fact, it, there is a path here today, and people do just walk through it to get where they want to go. So it's not a large place. Uh, it was a fairly small portion of ground, but when you're there, it feels very large. Now we're in 1790. Uh, this is now called Bunhill Row, this street. And this is City Road. Those are the street, na street names today. So if you go there, Bunhill Row is here, and City Road is there. Off to the right, out of view, is Wesley's Chapel, which is, you can go visit John Wesley's Chapel. Uh, see now that the ground is not really viewed as divided into two sections. It's just one large shape with an original, original rectangular portion and then the square shape on top. There is a, now an entrance and exit up here on the northeast uh, side. And there's no entrance or exit on this side anymore because there's just houses built up there. Those houses are gone now. We'll get there. Notice still that the keeper's house is in the bottom right in the southeast portion of the ground. 
Next, please. 1819. Again, the same basic uh, structure and shape of the burial ground, the rectangle and the square, the keeper's house and his garden and his little path that leads into the burial ground. You can see these trees through the middle. That's saying there's a great, that's what they called the great path. There was one main path east-west in the burial ground and then a variety of sort of just natural paths that developed as people walked through the ground at other times. This would have all been enclosed with brick walls um, all around. So you wouldn't be able to really see in and out unless you go into Bunhill Fields uh, through this entrance on this side or up here at this entrance. And this is 1819, uh, so 200 years ago. Next slide, please. Bunhill Fields was closed. It, was, it ceased accepting burials in 1854. And this was due to the fact that most of the, of the burial grounds in the city of London, they were overfilled. They had too many. They can only take so many bodies. Um, if you have a, a jar or a, a vase of water and you start to drop marbles into it, the more marbles you drop, the more the water is going to overflow. If you take three and a half acres of ground and you put coffins and coffins and coffins and coffees in the dirt, the dirt's got to go somewhere. And so if you go to many burial grounds today, including Bunhill Fields, the ground level is much higher than the street level because of all of the burials filling up the ground and raising the level of the street. Well, the city burial grounds were so full, it was becoming unsanitary uh, with all of the bodies that were being buried there that the government passed a series of acts beginning in 1852 uh, the Burial Act and subsequent Burial Acts that authorized the closure of burial grounds to, to stop the burying within the city and new cemeteries were built outside the city. So the last recorded uh, burial in the registers for Bunhill Fields was on the 5th of January, 1854. You can see there, 1854, January 5th. Elizabeth Howell Oliver, she was 15 years old and six months and she was buried. She's the last entry in the register for the burial ground. Now, after this, there were still additional burials, but they weren't new graves. They were vaults owned by families that could be opened and bodies could be deposited in vaults that were already there. So uh, at least into the 1860s, there were people being buried in existing vaults in Bunhill Fields, but no one has been buried there since. It's estimated that 123,000 burials took place uh, over the span of 200 years, 1660 to 1860. That's a lot of bodies in a fairly small portion of land. And so the burial ground was extremely congested. The, the tombs are just full. The headstones fill the ground. Uh, it's, it's not a place that has big open spaces at all. It was filled with, with tombstones and filled with bodies. Next slide, please. Now, <clears throat> Bunhill Fields was not very well kept. Uh, it was held by private owners, and then it was taken over by the city around the year 1780. But it was busy being used, and it, was, uh, it just wasn't very well kept. A visitor in 1866, around the time of the, the closure of the ground, said this. He said, It is a desolate wilderness. Most of the inscriptions on the gravestones are illegible. Many of the tombs have fallen to pieces, the slabs lying broken on the ground, the grass is uncut, and the paths are overgrown with weeds. A host of cats who ran away at my approach, yelling at me as an intruder, appeared to be the only creatures who cared for the place. 
So Bunhill Fields has been closed by this point, but it's just, it's just deteriorating. It's just decaying. Uh, let's move on. Here's a, here's a picture, uh, a drawing of Bunhill Fields from this time. And it's actually a, a fairly accurate picture. It's actually drawn from someone who was there looking at the real burial ground because these buildings here are identifiable by other records, as is this building here. It says Shillabier, and George Shillabier had a, a funeral hearse company where you could order a, different hearses and carriages for funerals. He's set up right next to Bunhill Fields. That's where his shop was, and these buildings are these buildings, and these monuments are actual monuments from the ground, uh, the burial ground, and this is John Bunyan's tomb right here, which was, that's its place. So this is what it looked like. You can see um, the weeds and the grass uh, grown up all around the stones. You can see stones that are uh, facing this way, and they're lopsided, and they're turned over. Some are broken. Uh, it, it gives you some insight into the, uh, the, the preservation, the state of preservation or lack thereof at that time in 1866. There's a, a lamp here, uh, and then there's another lamp over here. It would be a scary place to go at night with just candlelight in a brick-enclosed cemetery in smoky London in 1866 as the cats chase you away. I'd like to go there. Time travel to 1866. And this is a, a father showing his son, that's John Bunyan's tomb, my boy. Uh, so this is really a wonderful painting. It, you can see how full the ground is. Some of the tombs are railed. They're covered by railings. Some are, this would be called a tomb. This is a headstone, uh, a box tomb right there. Then you have monuments. These would be monuments and so on. Then there's flat stones. All there's a flat stone here. All different kinds of, of graves, tombs, monuments, etc. How are we doing on time? We're doing okay. Next slide, please. After Bunhill Fields was closed, uh, it went through various stages of renovation, where it was cleaned up, stones were, were raised out of their sunken condition, they were straightened, they were settled, they were arranged so that paths could be made, um, because the Victorians liked parks, which is quite nice, and they wanted Bunhill Fields to be a public park. They wanted it to be a place where people could go and sit and meditate and enjoy the place, enjoy the space. And so it was renovated, uh, and new paths were cut and laid out so you could stroll in the burial ground. As I said, the tombs were ordered and rearranged to be more pleasant to, to see and to walk around. And this is a picture of uh, a ticket to be admitted to the reopening ceremony of Bunhill Fields in 1869. So on the 14th of October, 1869, Bunhill Fields was reopened as a public park. It says, admit the bearer to the opening ceremony on Thursday, October 14th, 1869, at 3 o'clock precisely to Bunhill Fields. And these columns and this gate are, not, not this part, but this gate and these columns are still there today. It had new gates such as this. It had new walls on certain parts of the ground. Instead of being pure brick, they had... Um, iron rods so you can see into the ground from the outside, and new paths were placed or cleared so that you could walk the entire ground easily and see the tombs. Next slide, please. So here is a picture from 1872. This is a survey by the government of London 
all of London. It's an incredible survey that they did, but Bunhill Fields is just part of it. And so notice several things with me. Uh, first off, it's hard to see, but it says Tyndall's Burial Ground in, the, in a sort of background text. But then the, the bold text is Bunhill Fields Burial Ground. That's how it's known by this time. And for some time, it had been known as Bunhill Fields. But they still acknowledge its older name is Tyndall's Burial Ground. And it says disused. It's closed. It's there, but it's not being used for depositing uh, or interring remains. And you can see how they laid out the paths. You have the entrance as before. Uh, there's still that, that northeast entrance, but it's pretty much closed off. You have the great path through the middle. I want you to notice that the great path ends it does not go all the way through. So you'd come in on this great path and you could walk through any of these serpentine paths that sort of sway and move through the ground. Some of those paths were already there to some degree, but they cleared them and made them nice. They laid down gravel so you could walk on them more easily. And they take you through the ground. This is the the presentation after the renovation. This is how they made it pleasant to be in as a park. And some of these paths still exist today, but not all of them. This is kind of the classic design of Bunhill Fields. Notice again the original box, and then, or the original rectangle, and then that second upper ground that came in about uh, 1740s and 50s or so. They began to use the upper ground. So the older burials are going to be in the southern section. The newer burials are going to be in really this sort of oval right here. Next, please. This is John Bunyan's tomb. It's called a recumbent statue. He's a a lying down. uh, It's not a statue where he's standing up. He's lying down. This was uh, erected. This monument was erected in 1852. Uh, This is not what Bunyan's tomb looked like from 1688 when he died. Rather, in 1852, this monument was raised to Bunyan's grave. And this photo was taken sometime in the 1860s or 70s. Of, he looks like a worker because he seems to have an apron on. He's looking at Bunyan's tomb uh, in Bunhill Fields. Maybe he had a lunch break or something. I don't know. <laughs> I like his hat. Next, please. This is walking by Bunhill Fields in 1910. Let's go back to images. So what we're seeing is people walking by on the eastern side. They're walking north and south right here past this gate. That's what you're seeing. You're seeing the tombs in this area. Let's go back to forward two slides. Thank you. So here's the main entrance to the Great Path. You can see again how congested the ground is. You can see that bushes have grown up all throughout the ground as well as the trees have grown that were there. Uh, This is clearly a summertime because all the leaves are there. Uh, You can see box tombs. You can see headstones. You can see monuments, etc. These, I said, are the the pillars and the gates in that uh, ticket for the reopening. They're still there today. You can go see them. Uh, And it's not easy to discern from this image, but the height of this ground is higher than the height of the street. And so this actually takes you up a little bit into the ground to get to the level of the tombs. It's, it's a small incline, but it is higher. Uh, next, please. Another renovation took place in the 19-teens. And we can see that the, the plan of the paths was preserved, but now there's a new exit 
as the main path, the great path comes through, now you can walk through to the other side and come in and out. And this is still there today. This is why it's a thoroughfare for people who want to walk from City Road over to Bun Hill Row. Now you can get through. Um, you can get through the entire burial ground. Down here it says artillery wall because the artillery ground is still to the south, uh, etc. It says the spiked gate up here. Spiked gate. Why is there a spiked gate at Bunhill Fields? Here's a, a, a record from 1913. It says, at different times since the opening, various alterations have been made. There is now, speaking in 1913, a new entrance, that's over here, and a path running through from the city road, city road to Bunhill Row. But the old gateway may still be seen with its row of fierce, cruel-looking spikes, which were placed there to prevent the body snatchers doing their gruesome work. So the original gate with its spiked top was moved to here after the renovation, and that's why it says spiked gate. Let's go to the next slide. Here's a picture of that spiked gate. Body snatchers? Who's stealing bodies from Bunhill Fields? Well, <laughs> there were people who stole bodies to sell them for dissection to people who shouldn't be doing that but would pay for cadavers for scientific investigative purposes. Uh, and so with fresh interrals on a regular basis, in years gone by, you know, they're not taking old bodies. This would have been back when burials were still happening. Uh, to prevent body snatchers from stealing fresh, freshly buried individuals, they put spikes over the door. So if you try to carry a body over the door, you can't uh, because of the spikes. So rather gruesome, but true. Uh, event or reality at that time. This spiked gate is no longer there, uh, but it, it's marked on maps as this is where the spiked gate was moved. Next picture, please. If you wanted to visit the tombs in 1915, you'd put on your best, I guess, <laughs> and go visit. This is Isaac Watts' tomb, uh, and this is Charles Spurgeon. No, that's not Charles Spurgeon. I don't know who they are. Uh, but they, they're walking the paths. See, they're enjoying the paths. What's the name for the thing that you put your hands in? A muff. Here's your fine lady with her muff and her uh, whatever. <laughs> her feathered hat. Nice gentleman with his top hat. Admiring Isaac Watts' uh, tomb. We sing so many of Isaac Watts' hymns in our hymnal. Next, please. This is a picture of Bunhill Fields from 1935. Uh, if I had more time, I would explain to you where this is looking in the ground, what the perspective is. It's really in the middle, uh, in the center of the ground, looking south at the south walls. So the artillery ground would be past these southern walls. And there, there used to be a central path here that is no longer there. But this is a view of Bunhill Fields from 1935. As you can see, still a, a pleasant place with everything laid out very nicely. Um, Joseph Collette right here. His father, John, was a deacon in the Petty France Church. That's his monument Joseph Collette. Maybe he'll show up in the Tales from the Tombs another time. Next slide, please. Now, Hitler. You weren't expecting surprise Hitler. Uh, attacks Bunhill Fields. Why would Hitler attack Bunhill Fields? Well, he attacked London, and Bunhill Fields is in London. This is a, an aerial photo of bomb damage after the, um, the Blitz, after the, the, the attack on London by the German Luftwaffe. And these, see these trees here with a big rectangle and then a box on top of it? That's Bunhill Fields. Notice with me, 
Everything around it has been decimated and destroyed by bombs. So Bunhill Fields suffered bomb damage in the 1940s from the German Air Force, which sadly resulted in the clearing of all of the graves from that top box section because of this bomb damage. Uh, You can see, the again, the shape of the ground with the upper section. You can see the bomb damage around the upper section. You can still see the graves are there, but there was uh, significant bomb damage to the burial ground. Next, please. And so it was renovated again. It planned in the 50s, executed in the 60s, uh, and this whole upper portion was cleared. This, this map is the map that you would see if you went there today and looked at their posters that they have, or not posters, their signage that's set up at the burial ground today. This is the map that's on their website. And the upper ground is completely, almost completely cleared. There's a few graves on the peripherals, but this entire section is just grass, sadly. It was full of tombs and headstones and gravestones. They're gone. Many of them, however, were moved across the street. Over here is Wesley's Chapel. In the basement of Wesley's Chapel, as the floor, many of those upper tombstones were laid as the ground. So you can go in there and see some of them still, but sadly they're not in their place, their original place. I also want you to notice with me several things that will just make you sadder and sadder. Uh, One is many of the paths are gone because you can't actually walk around Bunhill Fields like you used to. There are gates and there are fences that keep you on this main path and on lesser paths around the graves. You can walk through the burial ground and around some of the graves, but unless there's a groundskeeper there to let you in, uh, you can't see, you can't walk on these few existing paths. And most of the other, of the other paths are, are gone. There used to be a path down the middle, and that's what that 1935 image was about here, looking straight down. That path is gone. Uh, There used to be a path that went more up and around here. That's gone, and they put a straight one. This large, empty area was all, it was a small path full of tombs. Those tombs are cleared, um, etc. So it's not what it once was as fully, but there are still thousands of graves there today. What is Dame Mary Page? She she was the subject of our Sunday school last week. She's marked on the map, uh, Dame Mary Page. So this is Bunhill Fields today. We started out with that original square, Tyndall's Burial Ground, and then the upper ground was added later, and eventually this exit here gave the Great Path a clear, um, a clear thoroughfare from City Road to Bunhill Row, and that is Bunhill Fields today. Let's go to the next picture. This is uh, somehow, I don't know, somehow these two people got behind the fence I don't know. They must have jumped over it, but they, would, they wouldn't do that. Uh, this is John Owen's grave, and this is Owen and Owen right there in Bunhill Fields. Uh, it says John Owen DD, if you could see it more closely, and I wanted to take a picture of Owen and Owen. So those who are brave enough or uh, willing enough can get behind the fences, but I don't recommend that you do that. Uh, Next time, I'll explain a few more things about the burial ground. There's actually plaques on the walls. Um, Some of them are still there. I'll explain why those were there next week and such things. But you can see there are still some paths. Let's go back one photo. So this picture is taken right here. There's John Owen. If you walk down to Bunyan's grave and you just say, oh, no, I jumped over the fence. Real quick, take a picture. So this 
this path is still here. If, if there are groundskeepers, they can open the gates and let you walk them. Uh, but we just had to quick hop that fence, take the photo, and hop back without disturbing anything. So that's the path that you're seeing. Let's go forward one. Very good. And Nehemiah Cox is buried just behind this. You can't see it. William Kiffin is buried right over here. The keeper's house was in this back corner, um, no longer there, etc. Next photo, please. Here's the end of the presentation. Uh, next week, I want to share with you some of the inscriptions on the tombs. Uh, one of them uh, is here before you. It says, His glass is run, meaning his hourglass. Thine is running. Therefore, prepare to follow. Memento mori, remember death, remember the end. And so Bunhill Fields, in contemplation of the end of, of life, sh- should cause us to take heed to our own mortality and prepare ourselves also. It's, it reminds me of the Wizard of Oz, <laughs> the hourglass that the witch puts down against Dorothy. His glass is run, thine is running, therefore prepare to follow. And, and these are graves in Bunhill Fields. This is a picture that I took uh, looking west from Bunyan's tomb, uh, which is still there today. So I hope that that was interesting to give you an idea of why Bunhill Fields was established as a dissenter's burial ground, how it grew, why it has that name, and what you can still see today. Thousands of graves, but not as many as were originally there, and they're not quite as accessible as they used to be. But it's a wonderful, beautiful place that if you get to go to London, you must see it. Yes, Campbell. It's my understanding that if you paid, you were buried there. Um, there was, imagine the burial ground with the rectangle and the square. There was a Quaker burial ground over here, so the Quakers wanted to be buried with Quakers. Uh, and the Wesley's Chapel had a burial ground, so the Methodists would be buried with the Methodists. But generally speaking, the Presbyterians, Baptists, and Congregationalists are buried here. But anyone who paid uh, could be buried there. It was really just up to the owners. It wasn't a church burial ground, so good question. Very good. Thank you for your attention. I'll see you next week. Well, I'll see you shortly, but for more on Bunhill Fields, see you next week.